Hey, hi, what's up? It's your guy Elias Omar, and I just wanted to take a hot second to tell you about Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment. I read them to you in a natural human voice, imagine that. For the first time in history, you can listen to the internet. It's almost like you're reading The Matrix, it's crazy. You can browse articles from topics that you choose, anything. From quadricep development to gnomes with bad New York accents and just start listening. Oh, and guess what? They also have podcasts as well. You could check out shows from over 40 countries. And of course, yes, our pod, Everrum Adventures, is there too. So go download and use Newsly for free now at www.newsly.me. Or just go to the link in the show description. And make sure that you use promo code Everrum, E-V-E-R-R. E-A-L-M and you'll get a one month free premium subscription it's that easy so check out Newsly guys stop scrolling and start listening In your abdomen, softest chrysanthemums, the anthems that they chattering. A convocated hater advocates an arrogant. The gun kind of unoriginal, I predict a panic. That put the flame in your brain like a jack o' lantern. Attack root boy, random OG ran dialect, filthy universal, like Caligula landed on Saturn. The target in particular, they all my prey. Top of the food chain, orca stalker, where the dolphins play. Focalize my issues quite clearly. Before your eyes cauterize the game severely. Put it simply, craft the next level of lock stage, like the Ice Age kept natives from crossing the Welcome Barren Strait. warnings for this episode include teen and child death, violence against teens and children, child abuse, child trafficking, childhood trauma, bullying, hallucinations, compulsive thoughts, nightmares, self-harm, manipulation, mind control, and medical experimentation. We have a slightly psychopathic uh, Aurora here. That's yeah, great. 
Imagine your senior doctor and the doctor comes in, in the waiting room. He's like, how can I do work if all these voices screaming in my head? <laughs> like, yo, <laughs> are you like, okay, doctor? Hell? Are you okay? I just got to quiet him up. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> quiet these voices in my head. All right. Got my oh, water. Wow. I'm good. Great. You Quick temp me? check. Okay. Uh, how's everyone doing? How's everyone feeling? Good. It's fun. Yeah, pretty good, actually. I'm like, oh my God, this is great. And I'm not even going to lie. I am kind of nerding out. So you'll have to forgive my excitement, but I'm like actually getting to play with the DM. But I'm just like, dude, we get to see him do stuff. <laughs> and then there's just like your storytelling is freaking amazeball. So I'm just like, just going to sit over here and bounce into excitement. <laughs> I was like, I'm supposed to play. <laughs> Awesome. Glad to hear that everyone's having fun. Um, how are you doing, Mark? I'm doing good. This has been a blast. I'm really excited to see what happens next. Wonderful. I'm going to get back into it. Riho, as you truss up Vance's body, Cersei, as you give Miss Wayne her medicine, Saj, as you storm out of Spade's office, and Aurora, as you consult your case files, each of you, in your own separate parts of the Everrealm, scattered by time and space, all of you at the same time, feel a prickle on your left forearm. A prickle you haven't felt in 20 years. The sensation returns to you like riding a bike, like gasping for air while you're drowning, like shirking from a fire. It is pure, uncorrupted reflex. And as each of you look down, you all see a mark appearing on your skin, bleeding into existence like ink on canvas. A single horizontal strip, one inch long, two millimeters thick, the color of blood. And this line, which appeared on your forearms when you were children, during the disappearances of your peers, which you haven't seen, you haven't heard of, haven't thought about this line in 20 years, and now it's back. And in that moment, I want each of you to answer, each of you to tell me why in that moment do you decide to return to Adon? Let's go to Rio first. Rio looks down at the mark and breaks out into a cold sweat. It's been 20 years. He hasn't thought about this. He's actually suppressed a lot of what's happened. How much he, how afraid he was, his feelings for his friends, uh, his feelings for Rain specifically. He, he's basically given up all his facilities and all, all his control to Ori, his echo. Um, he thinks back to the warmth and those good times before the end playing tag with his friends it wasn't they weren't perfect friends but they were his friends and ori looks down at riho and says you've run long enough it's time to go back and ori nods silently it is time way too long mm. as you nod and you steal yourself your soul your mind for a reunion that you know must come we're gonna go over to cersei why do you decide to return to Adon as that mark prickles into existence on your skin? She too is going to have a moment of looking down at the mark and, you know, thinking about the times with her friends and everything. But then she's also going to be hit with the whole everything else that she's been running from. And she's going to come to the realization, it's like, well, I can't run from this forever. And besides, it's either go now or mother. Just thinking about her mom still being in the town and everything else she hasn't really seen or heard much of her but from her in you know like little glimpses here and there over the past 20 years and stuff and she's just gonna like well i can't avoid my mother forever and yeah that's why she's gonna go back mm. 
right? Uh, you steel yourself for the confrontation with your mom that, you know, is two decades coming. And we pan over to Saj. Why do you return to Idan? Saj uh, feels the sensation on his arm. And all those memories flood back. And he thinks of, of all of his friends. He thinks of Rain. He thinks of the time that Rain saved him. Um, but he has a lot of responsibilities. He's trying to save the family business. He is not doing a good job. And there's a moment of indecision, like he doesn't want to leave what he's attempting to do. But he remembers how he felt about his friends and how everybody else treated him and how his friends accepted him. And he remembers specifically, he remembers his time with Rain and how she helped him become the man that he is and how much more confident he is now than what he was as a child. And he decides to go back to fix what was wrong back then. Mm, mm. You think of Rain, you think of everything you've left behind, you think of what you owe to the memory of your friend, and you steal yourself. And finally, Aurora, why do you decide to return? So as Aurora lifts up her glass of vodka, she gazes over at her arm and notices the um, scratch. And then actually tears up. It's been the first time she's actually shown any emotion in 20 years. She looks down at the child, grabs her circlet, and just says, I'm going home. Mm. And we've pulled a black on that. And when we open back up again, it's the bicentennial. 200 years since Adon was founded. And the town is bustling with festivity. Colorful bunting stretches from roof to roof. Dancers twirl through the streets. The sweet, savory smell of roasting meat and grilled vegetables from food stalls tantalizes visitors. The central roads here are closed to ox carts, foot traffic only, for the two-day celebration of the bicentennial. And in the near distance, the large Shusuva Hill hunches behind Idan, its slopes overgrown with thick grass. At the very top of this hill, we don't see anything at all. Even though Idan is frankly situated in the middle of nowhere, it's a settlement on the edge of Grimlock Valley. Travelers from all corners of the Everrealm pour through its streets. After all, Idan is a wellspring of innovation. The site of countless magical breakthroughs, eurekas, revolutionary inventions. On that street corner, we see a toy maker piloting a dragon puppet made of wood and cogs and brass and magic soaring through the air as delighted children chase after it. And on that stage over there, we see a mage demonstrating the latest dunamancy. A plant levitates into the air, then shrinks back down into a sprout, then reverts into a seed, and then explodes into vibrant greenery once more. And over there, by the town square, we see Mayor Anjoni Aduhan a dark-skinned human man with a broad, smiling face and a salt and pepper beard. Uh, Mayor Aduhan is giving a speech to a crowd 600 strong, easily contained by this vast town square, and his voice is amplified by a magical pebble clipped to his collar. Locals and visitors of Idan, thank you, thank you for attending our bicentennial. When my great-grandfather founded Idan, he had no idea that this place would become so special. But our story hasn't always been one of magic and wonder. When Ibi Adahan, my great-grandfather, first came to the base of Shusuva Hill, this place was wild. It was untamed. It was unsettled. Ibi had six children, my grandfather among them. But five of his children were taken by hunger, sickness, or the rumored Trusuva itself, 
before Idan became Idan. And yet my great-grandfather persisted. Even though he mourned the loss of his children, he continued to believe in the vision he had for Idan. And as you all know, I come from a long and proud family of mages. My great-grandfather, Ebi, was a peerless dunamancer. And his invention of the Time Stop spell put Idan on the map. Uh, and there's cheering from this, from the crowd, like everyone's, you know, like clapping, they're pumping their fists into the air, they're going, yeah, Idan, they're very uh, proud of their town. So, on this bicentennial, I would like to honor my great-grandfather, Ibi Adahun, and I ask you all to enjoy yourselves. Please have some meat on a stick, have some vegetables on a stick, enjoy the toys, enjoy the magical demonstrations. Ah, yes, a family-friendly event for all. And he sort of like smiles and like waves at the crowd and sort of steps off the stage as people clap. Um, and we're going to pan through the crowd to find, let's see, uh, which one of you would get here first? Why don't y'all roll initiative to see who arrives first? Hmm. My initiative light. Daj got a 15. Got a three. I really don't want to go home. 11. 14. Okay. We pan across the crowd to find Saj. What do you do? I think uh, Saj is kind of pushing through the crowd, not, you know, not aggressively, but kind of just like making his way through the crowd. Um, I'm envisioning like an amusement park, Disney kind of vibe with, you know, people are walking, not really caring about what Totally. Direction. Yeah. So I'm like just Definitely. trying to <laughs> navigate my way through that. Um, He's got his briefcase with his samples, then he pauses for a second, and you know he might see some passersby having a, a, a drink or two, and he just gives it to them. Says, "Here, take this," and he continues uh, walking, looking for his friends. Yeah, you, you leave a, a trail of gagging, heaving, sick people in your wake <laughs> as you hand out samples. We were like throwing up, even though it's like it's only like 7 p.m. on a freaking Tuesday or something. Yeah. You're pushing through the crowd trying to find your friends. When your eyes fall upon, ah, of course, Norandi's. It is the bar and inn owned by your family, uh, where they sell uh, and feature on tap many of their own handcrafted brews, right? But uh, in recent times, Norandi's is definitely hitting some uh, hitting some financial troubles. Uh, we see that even though like there are tons of people here and there are like, tons of people spilling in and out of taverns, out of bars, out of parlors, very few people are going to Norandi's. And you see your mother out front. Uh, she's usually behind the bar, but she's out front, like trying to pitch Norandi's uh, to people like walking up and down the street. She's like, oh, come in, come in. We have some specials. It's the Bicentennial special. Uh, two drinks for the price of one. Cause for, you know, for the 200 years that we've, oh, oh, wait, hold on. Damn it. Uh, as like people are walking past her. Uh, she's this uh, tall, gregarious woman with like a lot of gesticulation, just like you. Um, I think uh, Saj is, he's really trying not to go there. Um, so he's kind of like hanging his head down. Um, trying to avoid making eye contact with her. It tries to like slide past her without being noticed. <laughs> I'm not even gonna make you roll for it. Uh, we see her like, she frowns. She like looks up, like she's sensing a disturbance in the force. Uh, and then she immediately locks her eyes on her only son and goes, Saj, oh my God. And she like runs through the crowd, like pushing like a carrot farmer, like off of his stall, like pushing like a kid out of the way. And he immediately just like throws her gangly arms around you and hugs you hey. and like starts kissing your face. Mm -hmm. Oh, Saj, hey, hey. darling, look at you. Oh, big, strong man. Look at you with your briefcase. Mm. Uh, yeah, hey, hey mom, how, how you doing? How's it going? 
well, uh, you know, the bar is... And she turns and you both see, like, there's absolutely no one in the bar. Uh, and, like, the one worker she has is sort of, like, like on his sending stone, looking at the glyphs uh, by the bar. It's, uh, it's going, it's going. Yeah, yeah. Um, not too busy today, huh? Uh, no. You know, we were really hoping that the Bicentennial would bring some foot traffic through, right. but, uh... Everyone wants to go to the Bitter Squash. And she sort of looks at the other end across the street, and it is pumping. Like, there's, like, people in and out. There's music. There's, like, live bards uh, doing, like, all sorts of, like, drum and bass lines inside. People are dancing. Like, everyone's spilling out into the street. It is, like, it is an event. Uh, And uh, she, like, kind of sighs and looks back at you. Yeah, I mean, ever since the Hughes bought the Bitter Squash and you know, other little innovations, you know, they live music. They even have that like sign spinner out front dressed up like the nominal squash itself. We can't compete with that. We don't have the money to hire a squash spinner. We don't need to compete. We have a superior product, you know? That's what it's oh, all yeah. about. That's what it's all about. How's how's the rum? How are the rum sales? Oh, all of your letters. You must be you must be dripping in gold. <gasps> Saj, what if you could infuse our 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 bar with some of your money, and we, we could hire more wait staff. We could hire live music. Oh, we could even open up the bed and breakfast again. You know what? Maybe uh, I probably need a few more months for that. Um, a lot of my, you know, I've made a lot, but a lot of it is tied up in in tertiary investments and such. Um, but right. But don't worry about it, Mom. Everything's gonna be fine. Trust me. Trust me. In a little bit, Narandi number five is gonna be the. The, the biggest rum in the entire Everum. Oh, you know, just how to make your old woman proud. Oh, and she goes forward and like hugs you again. And on that hug of you like lying through your teeth at your mom, <laughs> we pan through the crowd nearby to find Aurora. So Aurora looks around and um, she is wearing her finest clothing. Um, I mean, I would say like a white brimmed hat and she's just looking around like don't want anybody to touch her. And as she looks up, she actually sees Saj hugging his mother. And um, I walk up and I go, hello. And I look around with an attitude. How are you? Hey, Aurora. Nice to see you, you look happy. Yeah, this is a shithole. You say as like a, a an incandescent dragon illusion like flies behind your head <laughs> as you call this place a shithole. It hasn't gotten any better in the 20 years I haven't been here. How have you been? Okay, I'm doing well. You know, making a lot of money. Yeah, sure. You know, doing my thing. You still making that nasty ass room? I cover my mom's ears as she says that. Oh, what? Saj, what are you? Aurora! Oh, the prodigal daughter returns. It is so good to see. It's been 20 years. Oh, you and little Saj are all grown up. And uh, Saj's mom comes over and starts like doting on you, Aurora. Oh, look at you. Oh. Yes, hello. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just fine, you know, and Randy's is, uh, you know, we're struggling a little. I can't lie about that, but, uh, I would love some of your rum. Oh, yeah, I mean, Saj, Narandi number five. I mean, Saj has been telling me all about how Narandi number five has been really, really making a lot of money. So you must have some in your briefcase, right? Yes, Saj. Um, yeah. And he kind of reaches into his, um, breast pocket, uh, and pulls out his, uh, personal flask because he gave away a lot of his samples and um passes it to aurora yeah it's my best stuff excited do you drink it aurora well i'm hearing the voices but they're saying they're yelling oh. at me telling me that he's full of shit 
<laughs> also, you take the flask, but you don't drink it. Yes. Okay. And I think it's at this point that we pan across the crowd again and we find Ori slash Rio. Absolutely. You see Rio taking in everything. 20 years ago, Rio was not the best person in the world. He's actually trying to avoid everyone that he might have bullied or broken a window of or uh, let their sheep out of the pen to roam around and get eaten by monsters. He's trying to avoid a lot of people. On top of that, he's, he, he sees the, the joy, the festivities, the families, and he's all he can think of is, is the pain of coming back here, of what he experienced as a kid, um, the experiments his parents did to him. Just the, the joy contrasts so deeply with his own internal pain. Uh, mm. He has a big pink cotton candy um, on a stick, and it's covering his face. So hopefully he's kind of trying his best to hide behind it. Uh, to avoid being seen, but also to kind of cover up the, the emotion he's, ex- he's experiencing. Next to him is Ori, standing strong, standing tall, uh, also kind of surveying everything that's going on. Mm. I think I think you you and Ori notice uh, your old friends. It's been like, it's been 20 years since you've seen either of them, right? And you sort of see Saj's mom doting on Aurora, Aurora holding a flask. You see Saj kind of like, you know, nearby with like a, you know, little of a shit eating grin on his face. Uh, but before you head over, before you like, you know, get their attention or, or not, right? Or hide away from them. You and Ori hear a voice. A voice you also haven't heard in 20 years. Behind the two of you go, so you're back. I always knew you'd come back, Ori. And it's the voice of your father. Ori tenses up and Rio steps forward. So, it's you. Wasn't talking to you. Was talking to Ori. I think we both speak for each other. Oh. <laughs> oh, what is this? You grew up, you moved out, you uh, gained independence, became a whole person, the two of you. Well, Riho. And your father has changed uh, since 20 years ago. He used to be this like kind of like straight-backed, proud dunamancer with these like pristine robes, but he's kind of like hunched over now uh and like he's uh leaning i think like kind of hard on one leg he looks kind of stiff uh like whatever magical experiments he's been making has maybe even taken a toll on his own body and the interesting thing about your dad is that he's never anywhere without your mom but your mom isn't here like they like they're like a unit they like never go anywhere without each other but she's not here and like his hair which is usually like cut really short he always i think has like a buzz cut or like a military cut all the time but it's sort of like grown out a little bit um and in kind of like an unkempt uh fashion like he doesn't look very well, your father. Oh, but he's still, he's like leaning kind of stiffly on one leg. Didn't you, uh, didn't you learn anything from all the, uh, education your mother and I put you through when you were a kid? Riho, you're not, uh, you're not worth the salt off my skin, but Ori, well, that is a version of you in a different divergent timeline that we've pulled through the tangled mess that is your psyche. Bounded here to the material plane against you. You know, the only reason why you can do that Echo Knight stuff is because of us. And the only reason we haven't come back in 20 years is also because of you. <laughs> Give me a reason why I shouldn't strike you down right now, old man. Strike me down? Strike me down, Riho. I gave you everything that makes you special. Everything that makes you worth something. I gave you Ori. I knew you'd be back. Entropy, my child. Everything advances toward the same end. Just as you will always advance back home. You see Riho begin to tremble. 
behind his cotton candy. He's just shaking with anger, with rage. They're just trying to do everything to hold back. Leave now before what? it's too late. Before you strike me down and kill me. Don't think I haven't been keeping an ear to the ground and an eye on the presses. I know all about Riho the Haunted. <laughs> haunted by what? It's not a curse that you have. It's a blessing. Other adventurers, other fighters would kill for a fraction of the power your mother and I gave you. You ungrateful. Haunted by you. Haunted by this place. Haunted by everything you've done. You've given me nothing but torment. Ah, torment. <laughs> Is that so? Well, if you do strike me down and kill me, make it quick. I'm quite eager to see your mother. That's right. Your mother. She died while you were gone. Did you even know that? Did you even try to care? Did you even try to learn about how we were doing? Five years ago. Brain hemorrhage. We heard about her mother five years ago. She died just the way she needed to. In pain. <sighs> you ungrateful little whelp. <sighs> and he turns and just like unceremoniously, father and child have not seen each other in 20 years unceremoniously, he turns and starts to stride back into the crowd. That man would get what he would get what he has coming to him, either by our hand or by fate itself. And I think that's when you like can fully focus your attention on your friends who are in front of Norandis. But before you decide to join or like hang back, we're gonna pan across the crowd to find Cersei. Cersei's probably going to stop. Just okay. This is fine. This is fine. If we can just get through this, possibly without saying memo, we can get in and get out. Ooh, and she's gonna just. Pop on over to a stall real quick and get her uh, a snack. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I think there's like a, a a huge stall actually with like several different vendors all from like the same company. It's like a delicious like meat pie company. And there are so many different flavors and like it all smells so good, Cersei, as you like try to stop for a snack, right? And as you're like looking between pastries and pastries and pastries. And as you walk, I think you're entranced by these meat pies, like all these great bargain prices, all these smells, these flavors, and you bump into someone who is also entranced by all the meat pies. And when you look up, you are staring into the face of your mother. Ha! Huh. Huh. Cersei! <laughs> and your mother, I think, is even shorter than you are. Uh, she's a very, like, round, kind of spherical, very, like, a wide and affable woman with this, like, dark skin uh, and these healer robes that are, like, draped across her body. Uh, she currently has, like, an apron on with some blood uh, along the front because she's always, like, like, you know, draining... A puss and stuff like that. Like it's it's gross. It's gross healer work, right? It looks like she's maybe like taking a break from like a healer stand she's at or something, and she looks at you, her like wide eyes getting even wider as she realizes her daughter stands before her. You're back? Surprise! I just thought I'd pop on in, you know, for the bicentennial. I, I would have written beforehand, but I got caught up. She reaches into the front pouch of her apron, pulls out one of those little hammers that you use to do reflex tests, and she starts hammering you on, like, the arm kind of hard, being like, you should have written. Now the home isn't even tidied up for company. Uh, I could have, I could have tried to sell twice the product at my stand if I knew you were gonna come and help me. I'm sorry, it was more of a last minute decision. I was busy, of course, and you know, decided I would just come back and you know, surprise, I'm here. Cersei, it's been 20 years. 20 years I've only seen you, heard of you in, in, in snatches and glimpses. Uh, 
Look at you! Maybe, uh, what is that, a half an inch taller? Maybe. I'm trying, okay? I haven't discovered any magic to make me any taller. You could have helped by getting a taller man. Well, you know, your father, I, you can't blame him for being short. And it's, it's no, it's not a shameful thing to be short. It's, it's, we should be, we, you know what? We should be proud of our stature. What we lack in height, we make up for in gumption. Uh, I, I see you've been busy. <laughs> well, I, I'm taking a break. Your father, well, if, if he were still here, he would, uh, uh, of course, be mine in the stands. Uh, but, um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Cersei, why don't you come back to the stand with me? But, but, uh, I, I, I could use, actually, use a hand. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I had to, I had to meet up with someone t t t today, so, um, I, 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 I probably... Oh! Oh, is it that Normandy kid and the other two? Oh, you did have such cute little childhood friends okay okay well uh well you know you know where the home is you know where the shop is we uh, we have to catch up tonight i i will totally do that it's just you know I'm, I'm so sorry i can't be at the stand to help you today it's just you know i it's all good oh darling i tonight i will make your father's famous seafood stew oh now that is quite tempting uh all right then I'm just going to make sure I go. I'm going to meet up with my friends, my mom. I'm going to see, make sure they okay. are all good and okay. And then, you know, what isn't a visit home without a nice home-cooked meal? I mean, if you like, I can bring my friends if you have Of questions. course, of course. Absolutely. Tonight, tonight. Or, oh, well, tonight. well, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I was going, there's going to be a, uh, there's a, there's a meeting with some of the other mages tonight. It's about something I'm, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but, uh, I don't have to go. I don't have to go. I, I'll, I'll home cook meal for, for the daughter I haven't seen in 20 years. And, oh, your father would be so proud. The mention of her father, you're kind of going to see Cersei glance off to the side a little bit and kind of look down at the, at the ground. Yeah, of course. <sighs> he, he would be proud. I, <sighs> I think. It's like yeah. seeing a part of him. When you're here, you have a smile. Oh, Mama, you're gonna make me cry. I, I can't be crying all puffy when I go and see my friends now. <laughs> uh, well, there's something for that. And she like waves her hand and presses digitates the puffiness away. She's <laughs> like you feel like like your skin just desaturate. Always appreciated, Mama, but definitely something mm -hmm. I could have done on my own. You did teach me well. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, I'm gonna finish up buying pies here and oh, go meet your friends and go tell them I said hi and oh, we'll catch up tonight. Of course, my mom. And she's gonna make sure she snacks her pie because we are not leaving without that snack. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You snag your pie. You wind your way right like out of this meat pie stall area. As your mother's like, oh, like maybe she gives you one last hug and like you know she kisses you again and she hugs you and then she kisses you and then she she lets you go. Uh, and that's where you find uh, the street corner of Norandi's, where Saj and Aurora are, and I believe Riho may also be making their way over. So everybody's gonna see her walking up, eating her pie <laughs> and everything. She's probably gonna have a whole mouthful and just go. And start, uh, you know, waving and everything to everyone. Clearly, cannot yell out because she's stuffing her face. Fantastic. And what about Riho? You see uh, a, a person pretty much with their face surrounded by a giant cotton candy. But from the from the the feeling you get from this person, you're pretty sure it's it's Riho. Okay, Rio's like a few steps ahead of us, or like I, I'm asking for reasons. Rio's like maybe like 
10 feet away, but slowly approaching. Okay. Then uh, probably getting that it's Rio, getting that sense, as you said, you know, that energy. Um, Cersei's going to kind of maybe shuffle up a little bit and they're going to take a nice big old hunk out of his cotton candy. <laughs> Hi, Rio. And they just shoved it in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right as you take that bite, uh, a blue a blue form seems to step out of Riho. Um, ah, you must be Cersei. A pleasure to meet you. Yeah, you are. Don't recognize us. Oh, wait a minute. She's gonna, you know, swallow the meat pie and bite a cotton candy. Oh my god, you got big too! Well, hi, Ori. How are you doing? Looking as dashing as ever. Even though you could be a little less of a pain in the ass. Pain in the ass, please. We're not little kids anymore. You're not taking any of my stuff, especially my snacks. And she's just going to begrudgingly just like, it like kind of like in his face, showing off, take a bite of her meat pie and just smack it. <laughs> Speaking of pain in the ass, where's Aurora and Sash? Well, if you look up that way, I do believe that would be them currently being doted on by Sash's mother. And you can see Riho, the cotton candy, peek down in his eyes, come over the top, and then he hides back behind the cotton candy. Come on, you can't hide forever. Let's go say hi. Come on. She's just going to shove him on the shoulder a little bit, kind of playfully, while still managing to grab another handful of his cotton candy. <laughs> no shield for you. Yeah, let me go forward. Okay. Uh, Saj and Aurora, you see your two long lost friends that you haven't seen in two decades approach from out of the crowd. Uh, and this is while... Uh, Saj, your mother is in the middle of, you know, like, she likes to gossip. I mean, she's literally a bartender. She knows everything about everyone, right? So she's, like, currently in the middle of talking and talking, talking, talking. And Aurora, the particular topic she's discussing is the bitter squash. Yet again, she's, like, really bitter about the bitter squash. Ah, yeah, you know, this folks at the bitter squash, like I told you, Saj, ever since the Hughes took over, I mean, they were able to get so many sympathy points, you know, because, because of Colton, because of what happened to their son uh but you know that was the initial reason why people immediately went to the bitter squash and then they were able to get a lot of coin from that and they set up all these cool little fancy things and uh oh yeah rory you used to be friends with colton right as she says colton's name the glass breaks in my hand well yes oh yes oh i must have been distracted i'm so sorry i broke your glass that's that's all right. Uh, it's okay. I'll go get a broom. Uh, and she like rushes back into the tavern to like grab a broom. And that's when Riho and Cersei walk up. Cersei, Riho, long time no see. Clearly. How have you been? You're going to see uh, Cersei with this tight smile looking at Aurora and everything. Um, you know, not quite catching that, you know, there, there's not like disdain there, but there's some sort of maybe annoyance, maybe resentment. You're not quite sure, but it's just, you know, yeah, hey, it's you. It's been forever. Yes, Riho, how are you? Riho is fixated. You said that, that you made one of Rain's earrings into a circlet? Mm-hmm. Riho is fixated in that circlet you're wearing, and he stares at you. Everything okay, Riho? Where'd you get that? I found it. That's, that's Rain's. I know. Oh, um. The blue ghost, the blue ghost steps in. <laughs> Hello, Ori's my name. Uh, we seem to have a misunderstanding. You have something that might belong to us, well, our, our friend, Rain. I'm sorry, who's this? What? I have something that belongs to you. What, like a sword in your heart? I don't understand. Ori looks back at Rio. Is she always like this? Uh, I need another, another glass of this nasty ass rum, please. The voices. Nasty must be like a 
slang term for like good. But if you want some more, I got you. Oh, uh, I think everybody needs a drink because you guys are like really, I don't know, acting weird. Like we've known each other for years. What's 20 years? You know what I mean? How's everybody doing? Zosh. He's handing out samples of his, of his drink. Uh, Cersei's gonna take the drink, kind of, you know, look at the look at the glass, look at Saj, do a, a one over and everything. Saj, so I see you managed to make it back with all of your adventures and world travels. How's that going? You know, you can see there's there's a there's a bit of you know, yay, I'm excited for you, but at the same time, man, fuck you. <laughs> it's nice to be back home after you know seeing the world, and it's good to be back to my humble beginnings and you know see the the people that were with me back in the day when I was just starting out. Yes, world travels. So exciting. Now, good to for you to make room for the little people in your life. She's going to take a sip of the uh, rum and try not to gag, but you're just going to see her turn around. She's going to pull out a little flask and put something in it to make it more palatable. Dodge, I hear you're selling horse piss. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Wait, wait. Is this real or is this Ori? This is Ori's blue, blue ghost. Are you like in a... Alright. Out of out of game. Um, so did we see Ori beforehand when we were children? No, correct? Yeah. Okay. So Saj is gonna assume that this is some type of illusion magic and he's just gonna like tilt his head like, yeah, whatever. And he's just gonna try to like walk through the illusion, thinking that it'll dispel towards Ori. It does not. It does not dispel. He Ori puts his hand on your chest and you feel like a cold, kind of a cold coldness in your chest as you're stopped by Ori's hand. What do you think you're doing? Saja's eyes go wide. He's like, oh, uh, you're like a thing? You're like a person? Like, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I do not sell horse piss. I actually sell a very spectacular, exceptional beverage that all of the elite in the Everell uh, partake of. Perhaps you'd like a taste. A, a beverage is something that someone drinks. I've never seen anyone swallow your beverage. <laughs> And Riho steps up and <laughs> says, Saj, it's good to see you. Uh, sorry, sometimes we, we don't always agree on things. Well, you're, uh, is this like your twin that we never knew about? Like, what is this? No, what is it? We're kind of like brothers, but Riho, I'm Riho. Sorry, gosh, this is confusing yeah. sometimes. <laughs> we, um, we help each other out. Uh, they are me. Hmm, Rio needed help. Okay, got it. Can I have some ice for the horse piss, please? Well, I think it's, you know, refreshing. Refreshing, yes. You know, you, you've definitely come a long way on this recipe. You know, I'm pretty sure it'll be a hit in no time, Saj. You know, you great work. You can definitely tell that you've made some changes over the years. You know, before it used to burn. You know, I, I do remember one of one of one of your first batches, people drinking, you know, basically breathing dragon fire. And you know, now we can at least, you know, All right, get just it stop. in. Okay. Stop. All right. And she's gonna take she's actually going to take a swig and everything, since you know she kinda doctored it while nobody was looking. She's actually gonna take a swig and, you know, like Mm. See, 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 somebody likes it. Cersei has always been the nice one. And you've always, you know what? Never mind. Look, my this thing on my arm has, has been like tingling, glowing. Um, something's going on with you guys because you're here too. It's been decades. Like, what's going on? Yeah, I caught a tinkle too. A tingle, tinkle, whatever. Well, aside from that, as you all know, my, my mom is still here, so, yeah. Naturally, I was going to find my way back here eventually. Speaking of which, you know, she's making her, you know, well, my paws, 
famous seafood stew if y'all want to come by for dinner tonight you know a nice home-cooked meal first thing back home that sounds lovely please don't make me sit by myself i can't be alone with my mom right now please do not make me go to that woman's house by myself at this point i i will be willing to beg just don't make me go by myself oh well i'm willing to go I haven't seen your mother in, a, in 20 years. Well, she's still my mom. Still as dovern as ever. So, you know, shouldn't be anything too different. I mean, you know, seeing as how both of you seem to be so popular back then and everything. So, you know, y'all should get along just fine. And hopefully I can just disappear into the crowd. Yeah. Seriously, if you don't want to go, why don't you just say so? Well, it's my mom. There is no saying no to my mom. If you know, it's been that way since I was a kid. I try, but it's like when I open my mouth to say no, yes, and okay, and yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, all comes out instead. So, I mean, I'm, I'm trying at least. You know, I didn't man the stand today, so yeah, progress. I didn't know it took two decades. Ori looks back at Riho and says, so you're all, you and all your friends, you're all delusional turn around and look at him well aren't you just a peach no wonder you hung out as kids i'll let you let you all mingle and or he disappears oh okay i'm glad he disappeared because he was about to disappear yeah i don't like that blue guy but uh real what's um what's going on sorry that was Ori. we've been together since since world rain oh i think as like a silence settles over at the mention of rain's name in this kind of awkwardness, this memory of rain disappearing, hands, fingers, paleness, darkness, books, the smell of blood, rain's muffled scream, all of you hear, I think, like, a cutting above the crowd, uh, a woman's worried voice nearby. You hear her go, please, constable, uh, you have to try to find him. Uh, he's been missing for hours now, and I, I don't know where he is, and... Listen, ma'am, it's the bicentennial. He's probably off with some other kids just having fun, okay? He'll turn up. No, that isn't like my Olu, okay? He doesn't just run off. Please. He's missing. Does anybody else hear that? Yeah, yeah. I, I heard it. Um, How far off is this? It's at, it's literally just like 10 feet away. Uh, But their voices are a little muffled with like the crowd surging all around. It's like literally like a festival. And you see a woman. Uh, a half-elf woman trying to, like, entreat, like, a constable, like, one of the uh, night watch or day watch guards uh, in Idan, uh, to, like, give a shit. Uh, and she looks, like, really frantic. She looks like a mother, right? Like, her uh, hair is sort of, like, a pulled back into this, like, low ponytail. She's got this, like, light tan skin. And, like, her eyes are, like, wide and frantic. Please, please, constable, my... My Olu, he he means the world to me, and he's been gone. He's been gone since this morning. He's been gone for for hours now. He doesn't run off. He never runs off. Ah, uh, well, you know how thirteen year olds are. They uh, and the constable is this like big kind of burly minotaur woman who like doesn't really seem to care that much. She's got like a flask in one hand. She seems eager to get back to the festivities, get back to drinking with her like other you know guard buddies. You know what I mean? Like ah, he'll turn up. He'll turn up. He'll turn up. Uh, please, I ah. Uh, as like the constable turns around, just walks away from her. And this woman, oh, she's just sort of like kneading her hands and looking frantic. Cersei will probably be, uh, can she see her? Absolutely. Okay, then Cersei will probably, um, excuse me y'all. Uh, she'll make her way over to the woman. Are you all right? Oh, 
Hi there. Uh, I'm okay. I, I recently moved here to Adan, you know, after all of like the stories of how amazing this town is with, with Olu, my, my child. He's all I have. And well, we were excited for the bicentennial, but I haven't seen him since this morning. And I, I'm just worried. Do, do you happen to know around where he might hang out or, you know, if he has any friends? Yeah, yeah, he was he was making friends. Uh, he was settling in. You know, we recently moved um, after his father died. Um, and uh, he was running around with a gang of like four or five other kids. I, there's so many of them. I can't really keep track of them. And they, they all talk about playing pretend at some mansion or whatever. Uh, but obviously it's an imaginary mansion. Uh, he says it's at the top of Shusuva Hill, but obviously there's no mansion there. And she gestures at the top of the hill. And you and everyone else in your party can see the mansion. Like you always have been able to. Right? Like a huge, tall, grand estate. But as she gestures up there, it's like she's like, obviously there's no mansion up there. So I went up there myself a couple hours ago, but it's just grass and bugs. There's there's nothing there. Well, we, you know, we grew up here. Well, me especially. I've been here my oh, whole life. You? Yes, you may know my mom all. Um, Cersei. My name's Cersei Malakesh. Um, Malakesh. Uh, yeah. Malakesh, you're the healer's daughter. Oh, oh, you have to help me then. Please, please, if you're anything like your mother, you, you're amazing. You'll be able to help anyone. Are, are those your friends? And she sort of yes. leans over and looks at uh, everyone else. Of course, yes. Uh, we, we've all been friends in, you know, since childhood. You know, just found me how to a tab hole and here we are back for the bicentennial. So, <sighs> you know. Um, we, we used to hang up, uh, hang out at that hill and everything, so we... You did? Yes, that, that's quite a popular hangout spot for children. Um, oh, I, that's what I've heard. All the kids like to play on the hill. They all like to play mansion or something, but, you know, I'm so busy working. I, I barely have any time, but I... Please... All of you, uh, well, my name is Damu, Damu Jing. Uh, my son is Olu, Olu Jing, and... Oh, I don't know what I'd do without him. He's all I have left. So can the four of you please, please try to find him? What does your little Olu look like? Uh, he's about yay high. He has straw yellow hair, uh, light tan skin like mine, and these bright blue eyes. Well, I'll most definitely keep an eye out for him. You know, I'm about to head over in that general direction anyway. You know, gonna go and <gasps> visit my mom all, so. Oh, fantastical. Thank you so much. Oh, yes, and Olu always, always, even though he's 13 and some of the other kids pick on him for it, but he always carries a teddy bear. How sweet. You know, they used to say teddy bears protect from evil, so as long as he's got it with him, surely that should help a little bit. <laughs> well, that's what I say, too, and I, I've tried to keep him away from that hill. I don't like that it's so far away from the town where they play, and, you know, people always say that there are Shusuva in the hill, but that's just, that's mostly a rumor. That's mostly a legend. Anyway. Yes, most mostly rumors. Just silly things that, you know, people put out there to hopefully boost tourism. You know, nothing, nothing major like that. Right, right. Because I mean, who'd believe in, in terrifying wolf monsters with scorpion tails and, and big gnashing teeth? That's not, I mean, I know there's all kinds of monsters in the Ever Realm, but they, I, there, there's no true souvenir here. Absolutely not. No, I mean, I think there was one, somebody went and, you know, dressed up as one, and then it became this big old thing. Right, 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 right. Not, not uh, nature. Well, oh, the rest of you, I would be so grateful if you could find my own. I'd be willing to help. Definitely. Family is very important. We'll do what we can. Oh, thank you so, so much. Of 
everyone should, you know, go, you know, try to at least enjoy the festivities and everything else and stuff while you can, because it's not like you know, these celebrations come around every year. <laughs> right, right, of course. Oh, uh, well, I'm probably still just going to be asking around. Maybe Olu ran off somewhere here. But if you if you could find him, I already combed the hill front and back, front and back. There's no sign of him or any children, really. So, um, thank you. I'll be here. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be waiting right here in the town square. Oh, shit. Just, just leave it to us. Thank you. And she grabs your hand, Cersei, and, like, looks you deep in the eyes and, like, squeezes your fingers. Thank you. My pleasure, Shig. We'll take care of it. <sighs> Just like your mother. And she, like, releases your hand and, like, nods and, like, looks eagerly at the four of you to go off. Oh, we really want to go back. Not really, but if what was happening back all them years ago is happening now... If we can manage to save someone else, then, you know, it might actually be worth it. We couldn't save her. At least. What makes us think we're going to save somebody else? We were kids. What did you expect us to do? Something. We did all we could. I mean, hell, you had, you know, your improvised weapon, you know, blowing on that phone. You know, the guys went and broke down the door and I didn't really get to do much. I mean, I tried, but it, it's not like I had my mom's gifts or, you know, it's not like I could really do anything. I mean, yeah, Rain taught me how to use a weapon, but where was I supposed to find one in that library? Don't blame yourself. We were we were kids. We were kids. As adults, maybe we can help some other kids that might be in a similar situation. Well, anything. I can always pronounce him dead if he's dead. And I am the coroner. Well, weren't you always such a wonderful ray of sunshine? I know I should write Hallmark cards. Mm. You know, it has been so long since I've gotten to see you all and everything. I just, God, I have missed you, Aurora. You and your sparkling personality, you know, always so loved by everyone, no matter what you did. You know, just, you were just someone that I could just look up to. Mm. Always. Mm. Well, if we're going to do this, can we just go? <sighs> well... I guess if we can get this taken care of before dinner time, then my mom won't be so angry. So, I mean, if y'all don't mind, I'd kind of like to get a move on. Let's do it. I'm ready. Saj. What about you guys? Saj, why, why is Cersei like this again? Why? She's always ignoring the bigger problem. The monster in the room. Pretending like there's going to be dinner after this. Pretending like, oh, it's covered in sugar. It's going to be so sweet. It's going to be so cool. 20 years ago, we made mistakes. And now Rain is dead, and now more kids are disappearing. I don't get it. You guys, you don't see the urgency in this? I think Saj is going to look at uh, Rio, kind of nod, and say she's just optimistic, and she's always been like that by nature, I feel. But you're right. This, this isn't a game. This is, this is serious. And we should approach her like that. I just miss her. I miss her a lot. Like a beetle suspended in amber, its shell iridescent and perfect. The mansion at the top of Shusuva Hill looks exactly as the four of you remember it. Suspended in immaculate time. Glass, windows, curling balconies, proud stone masonry. The grass of the hill around it is wild as always, growing tall and thick with insects around the base of this mansion. But the manor itself is unblemished. A portrait in an attic, never changing. Circe, Saj, Riho, and Aurora. The four of you stand at the base of the front stairs, looking up at the wide double doors of the mansion carved from polished oak. The marks on your left forearms prickle again, 
almost like they're shivering in anticipation of what's to come. Who opens the door? I think Saj is going to turn to uh, Rio and say, hey, uh, tough guy, you want to do the honors? Rio takes a step back and Ori takes a step forward. So this is the mansion. This is the place where the moment of trauma from which I was born. I've been protecting Rio ever since. So it's only natural that I go in first. Unless Cersei or Aurora would like to go in. By all means. You got it, Shug. I'm, I'm, I, I'll, I'll hang back. Oh, and if the monster asks to play, just tell them no thanks. Got it. Slowly. Dork's creaking, I imagine. I just imagine all doors creak. Yeah, in TTRPG games, they just all creak in. <laughs> open, the do- open the doors of this fantastic match. Okay. It's not locked. It never is. It welcomes you in. The doors creak open, and all of you see the foyer of the manor. Also exactly how you remember. A perfect snapshot from each of your memories. The grand staircase, steps of marble cloaked in this thick red velvet carpet. The chandelier, ever turning and crystalline, hanging from a domed roof. And the portrait above the stairs covered in a thick red tarp, so you don't know what's behind it. None of you removed this tarp from the portrait when you were children. It was too high off the ground for any of you to reach. But now, of course, you're adults. Hallways flank either side of this foyer. The western one leads to a parlor, a bar, a series of home theaters, and dens to host guests. All of you have, like, explored this place from top to bottom. You know it very well. The eastern hall leads to the kitchen, the storage rooms, and, of course... The library and the stairs uh, that go up lead to the bedrooms and in addition to the portrait with the tarp at the top of the stairs uh, the four of you also notice something else from the corner of your eyes at the mouth of the eastern hall the one that leads to the library there is a toy on the ground a teddy bear what do all of you do well looks like there's a teddy bear over there no i hope this isn't the one that no 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 it, it's something completely different but Still keeping in mind, Cersei's going to go and pick it up. Attempt to pick it up, question mark? And yeah. uh, probably just stow it away, just just in case. You pick up the teddy bear. It's very well loved. There's like, it's almost like fraying at the edges of it. And like one of the buttons has of its eyes has clearly been sewn back on multiple times. Uh, and it looks like, you know, it's not scratched up or anything. It did just sort of look dropped on the ground. Okay. Then she's just going to put it away. Nope, this isn't. This is just a coincidence. Probably got excited, you know, maybe just dropped it and everything, you know. We'll give it back to him when, when, we, when we find him. And as she says, you know, when we find him, she's going to kind of just look around and then end up looking at the floor a little bit. But yeah. Sure. Yeah, as you inspect the area around the teddy bear, what do the rest of you do? Saj is going to say, you know what? We've been here all these times and we, um, we never took a look at that picture that's behind that tarp. Um, give me a second. And I'm gonna walk towards it um, with a little bit of trepidation and pull that pull that cover off. You grab the thick red dusty tarp and you pull it down, and there's like a cavalcade of dust like rains down at first, and you cough a little bit. Uh, but once it settles, you see that it is indeed a portrait. It's a painting of a man. Uh, he is a kind of like palish stout man. You realize he's a changeling. Uh, his skin's kind of translucent, right? And he's got this kind of, like, a uh, mustache on, and he looks very austere, and his hands are folded in his lap. Uh, and his hands are quite large uh, for being, you know, 
the size that he is. They're quite large, uh, and his fingers are pale and long. And they're sort of folded uh, on top of his knees. And you also recognize this man just based on his face. This is, as all of you would know, this is Ibi Adahun, the founder of Idan. Wow. None of the statues in town, none of the books, none of the little, like, uh, memory recordings of him have ever shown his hands, now that you think about it. Are they... Well, when you said that they're large, that they're long, are they unnaturally large and long fingers? They are just... They're not the size of the Mm -hmm. beasts, necessarily, but they do bear a striking resemblance. I feel like we've seen hands before. That is weird. It may be a coincidence, but that is strange. I don't think I've ever helped work coincidence so much in my life. In my line of work, there's no such thing as coincidences. Surely there must be some room somewhere, because quite frankly, with those looks, I don't think I've ever in my life wished for a coincidence so badly. Cersei, as you're examining the area by the entrance to the eastern wing, you see there's like a long tongue of a rug that goes all the way down this hallway uh, to your right. And this hallway branches off into like the kitchen as well as uh, several storage rooms. And at the very end of the hallway, of course, the library itself with its huge double doors. Like you can sort of see it in like the corner of your eye. It's right there. And this rug looks scuffled. Like one side of the rug is kicked up and it looks like a little like askew, almost like there is a struggle on the way down. Does anybody else see the rug over here? It looks like it may have been disturbed. And last time I checked when we were last here, everything was, aside from that one thing, quite tidy. I agree. I don't really remember that rug. Well, I think I'll try. See what's going on. Maybe Olo is that way, perhaps? That makes sense. Well, I don't see any other clues. So we're going to go down there. It's going to be great. We're gonna go, we're gonna find Olo, we're gonna get out of here, Mamma's not gonna be mad, and we can still make it in town for dinner. It's gonna be great. Let's go! And she's gonna try to do that whole pluck up and go and walk bravely, but not so bravely, but trying to make everybody else think that she's brave. How do you all not see the obvious? What's the obvious? That this is a place of death. No, it's not that I don't... I mean, Mamma says that, you know, it's... Uh, I just can't believe that right now. You know, there's no way that, you know, my deity would go and just have children being snatched. I I can't. We're going to go find Olo and we're going to get out of here. We're not going to have a repeat of 20 years ago. Okay? We're going to find him. Please, just just go with me on this. We can't let somebody else end up like Rain did, okay? We, We can find him. I think you're right, Cersei. Let's go find him. She's going to try to make sure her knees aren't trembling, but she's going to try to, you know, look and follow the carpet. Mm. As the four of you proceed down this hallway, led by a tentative, trying to be brave Cersei, you walk and you walk and you walk. And Cersei, the tracks, this sign of struggle, this scuffling doesn't stop until it reaches the very end of the carpet, which is right in front of the library doors. And as all of you continue toward those doors, Aurora, yes. the voices in your head have always been murmuring this entire time. It's sort of like a low simmer, like background noise at this point, right? Like a tea kettle set on a counter that you're just sort of ignoring, right? You've gotten pretty good at ignoring the whistling, the screaming, the groaning, the whimpering, but now it's getting a little hard to ignore. 
Ever since you set foot inside this mansion, the voices have gotten a little bit louder, a little bit louder, a little bit louder. And as you approach the doors to the library, they are at a fever pitch. Screaming, shouting, shrieking for your attention. It's hard to even hear Cersei talk over it. Okay, you guys, I'm going to say something. I hear voices. I am going to try and talk to the voices. They are screeching at me. Sorry, Shug, what? Did you just say you're hearing voices? Yes. Ever since Rain's death, I've been hearing screaming and I've learned to live with it. But as soon as we set foot in this place, I hear nothing but screeching and screaming. So it must be telling, wants to tell me something. So I have to talk to it. Huh. Well, that's a very interesting development. Okay, uh, what do you need from us? Nothing. I'm just gonna talk to it and see if it answers me. Uh, uh okay, should. Okay. Ar- Aurora closes her eyes and then she just says, okay, can you stop screaming and just talk? The last time you tried to focus on the voices, and perhaps part of the reason why <laughs> after that happened, you've tried to filter them out. But the last time you tried to focus on what they were saying, Colton happened. And now, as you focus on them, the screaming starts to winnow down like a radio signal with its needle scratching across various channels until you pinpoint a particular edict, a particular voice, a particular command. It's not the voice of the screaming children. The children never talk, but this voice does. Kill her. That's what you want to say? Kill him. Why drink vodka? Kill them. Kill all of them. Okay, so do you want to know what the voices say? Wants me to kill all of you. What? Yes. Um, Wants me to kill each and every one of you. And right now, I want to, but I'm holding back. Should should we be concerned? Should. Um. I, I got it under control. I'm okay. Saj, how'd you turn out so normal? I've got my thing aurora's on another planet <laughs> same as cersei but how are you okay after all this i mean i'm not i'm really not i'm really just trying to take care of my family now addressing this and seeing how each of us uh, have been scarred to a degree maybe some more than others as he glances over at aurora i think we need to open this door i agree Speak for yourself, Shug. I am just fine. 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 Let's just go do this. We're gonna find this kid. We're, we're not gonna have another repeat. And I'm back home before mom out. I'm fine, okay? Let's just go. Can I roll insight on that? <laughs> <laughs> just for fun. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, absolutely. Roll right. insight. Go for it. I probably don't have anything uh, cool with that, too. Don't. Oh, not 20. Ooh. Ooh. So Cersei, why don't you tell Riho what hidden feeling he perceives in you? Um, right now, it's going to be a sense of panic, a sense of regret, uh, the sense of regret coming from the fact that back then she couldn't really do much of anything. Um, panic because, you know, things are repeating. And so it's just like, okay, what, what if I'm, you know, as useless as I was back then? I'm not going to be useless. And then, of course, always being held under my mom's expectations of, you know, being at her beck and call, more or less. <laughs> Can't disappoint my mom. Yeah, trauma, trauma recognizes trauma. Rio definitely sees 
the, the pain Absolutely. behind the front. Oh yeah, that, that's kind of what what he would get from that with his stupid head toy. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So who opens the doors to the library? Aurora feels compelled to open the door. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> okay. Aurora, you stride forward and you push those double oak doors open. And the four of you see the library. Just like the foyer, just like the manor, just like every aspect of this mansion, exactly how you left it. It's like, it's like that day 20 years ago was yesterday. You see those shelves, those stacks over there, that window, that's the one you hid behind, Cersei. And that stack of shelves, that's the one you hid on top of, Riho. And that's that janitor's closet over there. And right, that's the shelf where Aurora heard it talk. And in the center of the library, the bronze globe. The one thing that's out of place, it's been pushed to the side. It's off center. Everything looks almost the same. Not everything. I honestly didn't think I'd be back here. What do you mean, not everything? You don't see something that has been pushed to the side. Oh, you mean the globe? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it would move eventually. Okay, so maybe not exactly as we left it, but, you know, it's still here after all this time. I, that's all right. That, that, that means that we, we might know where to find this little boy, right? He could be hiding anywhere in here. I mean, we, we played games here as kids. Yeah, he probably pushed the globe. See? See? <laughs> you know, that, that <laughs> probably just trying to find a new hiding spot, right? Yeah. I think you got fooling yourselves. Yeah, Riho, you were the strongest physically <laughs> of your friend group, and even you couldn't move the globe. I think maybe as kids, you were all like, you tried to move stuff around, and that thing, looking back at it now as an adult, at least like 700 pounds. There's no way this thing could have been moved. As a matter of fact, it's next to impossible. Well, then how do you suggest it was moved then? We see through some supernatural means. Should we investigate? See, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. <laughs> and just say, hey, there was a giant that came in here or something. Those kids can't be going through what we went through back all them years, okay? They just can't. Hey, you guys think that maybe we should just yell out his name? He might be hiding in, like, the closet or on the shelf or behind the drapes like we did. That sounds like you're volunteering, should. <sighs> okay. And, um, yeah, Saj will use thymaturgy to, like, make his voice louder and yell out, Olu, Olu, and just listen. As you call out the name of the child that's gone missing, Olu, Olu, his name rings around the confines of this space, there's silence. And just when you're thinking, nah, he's not going to respond, like, just when you're, like, about to, like, try something else, a vision hits you. Bam, you're here, and then you're not here. You just, it's, it's like a pin dropping into the surface of a lake, rippling outward. Each ripple causing a kind of searing psychic pain to explode through your consciousness, but you also see visions. Stairs going upward, downward. Pain, chins bumping against stone, against rock. Drool dribbling onto your neck. You're so scared, you're so scared. Your heart is thumping in your chest. Where's your bear? Where is it? Where's your mom? Your friends, they, it, it. And then you're back in your body. And I need you to take 14 points of psychic damage. You guys see Saja's eyes just roll up into the back of his head for a second. And he just shakes and shudders and then drops to his knees and comes back and just looks at you all like, holy shit. Uh, I just, oh my God. And he's like in pain, grabbing his abdomen. Um, 
then grabbing his chest and then grabbing his head. And I just saw, oh my God, that was crazy. I just, this kid is in trouble. Shug, are you all right? No. What happened? I don't know. I saw a, a, a vision. Well, oh my God. Well, where is he? I don't know. There was drool and, and pain and he was screaming for his bear. He's in, he's, He's in trouble. We have to. We have to save this kid. This is happening again. This, it's just like what happened with Ren. These things are eating kids, and we can't let that happen again. Yeah. On that Aurora, you hear that same voice teething through the miasma of children's screams. Fear, food, magic, consume, devour, feed. Fear, food, magic, consume, devour, feed. And it starts to like ramp up in your head as Riho's like connecting the dots. And Saj, on your hands and knees, right, as you're like bent over on the ground, your eyes actually are kind of like eye level with the floor next to the globe. You see scuff marks from where the globe, the, the base of the globe has been pushed off to the side, and you see something that the globe was hiding. It's a trap door. Who's the nearest to me? Whoever you want them to be. Okay. Um, I'll say the Rio is the nearest to me. Um, I'm still kind of racking in pain because um, mm -hmm. that was a lot of damage. I'll uh, kind of grab his leg, kind of tug on on his on his pants leg, and just point at this at this trap door. Be like that. Look, that's uh seems kind of important right now. Rio looks down and and helps Saj to his feet. I guess that's where we're heading next. You just had to say over there, huh? And the one thing that's moved since the 20 years that we've been here, it couldn't just been down the regular hallway that we were down before. Aurora will just start saying, um, say it over and over again, feed, fear, just constantly saying it. Out loud? Yeah. It's just, I'll just be saying it over and over while you guys talk. Um, whatever, whatever you're saying, I'm going to be saying it. I'm not speaking to anybody, just saying that over and over again. This is going to take two steps to the left. <laughs> Shug. Uh, I, um, are you hearing things or is this coming from you? Just going to be a, just saying it over and over again. Whatever it is in here, I do believe she may be affected. We should probably get moving. Get this over with, you know? We can save everybody. Especially Olu. We, we can we can get him out. This place has always had a stronger effect than we thought. But saving everyone? I don't think so. Look, we don't need your negativity right now. But you could use some honesty. Not everybody has a doom and gloom, like, outlook on life. I'm just keeping it real, sugar. She's just going to go and give him the nastiest look. <laughs> I got your sugar, sug. And then just like, yeah, kind of just cross her arms and just look in the opposite direction. Like, you know what? The nerve of this guy. <laughs> like I said, we're not kids anymore. I can hold my own. I think. But she's going to say that, I think, under under her breath, kind of, you know, hopefully nobody heard that. So who's going to be the one to open the trap door? Sasha's going to approach it, um, but I'm going to turn to the to the rest of uh, the party, to my friends, and say, maybe uh, instead of yelling like an idiot, like I did a, a few minutes ago, maybe we should use a more stealthy approach. And I'm going to cast Pass Without a Trace on all of us. Mm. And then I'm going to open the trap door. Sounds good. Each of you now have a plus 10 to your stealth checks. Uh, what does the magic look like as it emanates off of you, Saj? Uh, Saj takes a sip of his rum beforehand, steal himself, and uh, waves his hand uh, in the general direction of, of, of everybody. And you don't really feel anything, but you look at, at, at your limbs and you look at, look at your body and you see that they, they become slightly translucent. 
Um, and you can see yourselves, but it's more difficult to see each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As the burning taste of equestrian urine trickles down your esophagus, uh, you throw open the trap door. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> You're completely unaffected. I love that. Yeah, you throw open the trapdoor, and all of you look down to see a, a shaft. It looks like a hole, a pillar punched through the earth going straight down. Uh, like someone just dug like, like a pipe and just kept funneling down. Like someone stuck a needle into the flesh of the earth and boom, boom, just punched it through. And it, like, it goes so far down this funnel uh, that darkness swallows it. You don't see like a floor or a ground or anything like that. It's just darkness. It just vanishes into it. So who's volunteering to go first? I will. But also, Rio looks over at Saj and tries to grab that, reaches for the flask in his hand. Oh, you want some horse piss? Uh, yeah, I'll, I need something. I'll take I'll take anything at this point. And uh, Rio sweeps back a little bit. Swallows it clean too. Doesn't doesn't like uh, have any reaction or anything. Hands it back to Sash. Maybe maybe Aurora could use some too. She's she's going through something. Yeah, she needs something. Okay, Rio, as you lower yourself into the hole, the gaping chasm. How do you enter? Do you sort of poke your head in first, or do you drop in with like your your uh, feet first, or do you like have a grappling hook or something that you try to lower yourself in and like try to peek to see what's around you? What's your approach? Uh, yeah, uh, Rio looks over the edge, ducks his head into the hole, looks around, and um, okay. just kind of. Actually, as you peek, as you peek your head through the hole, you do see something. Uh, as you poke your eyes past like the floor level and you look around, you see like <sighs> the ceiling of this place. I guess is quite wide and vast. It sort of stretches all the way to your left, all the way to your right, and ends actually uh, like fifty feet off in either side in these like circular walls uh, that extend downwards, almost like you're poking your head in through a well right? But like a really big well. Um, and you also notice on either side of you, left and right, stairs coiling downward into the abyss. But the stairs are positioned in such a way that it looks inverted. Like someone took a lighthouse, flipped it upside down, and stuck it to the bottom of the floor. And as you look, a sickly thrill of familiarity prickles the bottom of your gut. And I think a memory real fast, uh, in real life, probably half a second, but it feels to you almost like an agonizing lifetime of a gurney, steel, cold surface at your back, needles plunging into flesh. You're screaming, your father's insistent face, your mother averting her eyes, and then you're back. Rio looks over at Ori, and Ori nods knowingly. And Rio then looks over at his friends. This, this feels like home. This is where I was tortured. This is where Ori was born from me. I needed him to protect me after rain, but all my parents wanted was Ori, never me. And, I, and as as uh, Rio was saying this, you notice that Ori and Rio are both mouthing the same thing. It's almost like they're speaking in tandem. Mm. Oh, yeah. Is that true? I couldn't make it up if I wanted to. We never knew. I, I'm sorry. If I had known, perhaps I could have done something back then. I mean, I wasn't quite useful, but I'm pretty sure, if not me, my maman. You did a lot. You all did a lot. We played, we hung out here. It was more than I ever could ask for. I told Rain, and I told her not to tell any of you, but she was the only one who knew. And she didn't care. She, 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 she treated me like a person. And so did you all. I mean, you were thrown in my side sometimes, but not unpleasant. 
I would have been more than happy to, in any way I could, help you out if I had just known. But, you know, I am just gonna throw it out there. Although you always come off as aloof and cool and collected or whatever, we saw the way you looked at her. Whether you chose to believe it or not. Look, I can't change anything from back then, but I'm here to help now for as much as I can. Just as long as we get home before But if we end. could still get back to my mall after this, that'd be great. So are you gonna go? So just as long as we get you home before dinner, before the streetlights come on. Ha ha. I haven't had to be home for the streetlights since I was a kid. Thank you very much. Now it's just an hour after the streetlights. So if we could still kind of, you know, go. <laughs> I prefer to not deal with her right now. So Riho, now that you know what's down here, uh, if you just sort of drop, you will fall a distance of like uncountable feet. So how are you trying to like scale your way through this hole that is an inverted tower? And Ori have the capacity to switch places. And so <laughs> Riho begins to fall uh, and they kind of teleport down switching places so that the the... Uh, velocity of the fall doesn't hurt either of them. But as he's... As oh, so there won't be an impact? Be okay. Impact, yeah. And as this is happening, um, no, I hope everyone else decides to get some rope or something. Yeah, all of you just see Riho just drop in and vanish. <laughs> as Riho dips out of sight, who's next? Oh, I don't have that ability. So, y'all wanna go? Sash smiles at Cersei. Um, yeah, he looks and sees Riho drop down and bamf back and forth, in and out, nods, like, that, that was actually pretty cool. Listen, I'm gonna do something that I've learned since you, you know, since I've been gone. Uh, hope I don't freak you guys out too much. You and all your royal travels? <sighs> don't be a hater. Um, and he kinda, you know, clenches his fist again like he did when he was a kid, and focuses in on himself, and he starts to shrink slowly, and parts of his skin are replaced with, uh, like a shiny, um, hard textured carapace. I always say carapace in our games, but anyway, carapace. And it starts to take over his body as he gets smaller and smaller. And eventually, instead of the human form that Saj is, um, you guys see a little scorpion. The scorpion crawls into the hole and uh, just scales down the wall. Oh yeah, because you can you, you climb up it. and down walls. I love that. I yeah, it. totally. You love it. You like uh skitter your way along the wall, down, 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 winding along the edges of this masonry. Who's next? I mean, how are, how just, are you responding to that? Did, did, he just, uh, did he just turn into a bug? Mm -hmm. He sure did. How he do he was a bug? Well, uh, it would seem I don't have that, abil that ability either. Hopefully when one of them gets down there, they can tell us how far down it is. Because all I've got is a bit of rope and some hopes and dreams but that's about it i i can't do any of that oh she's gonna uh call down uh, or maybe try to peek and see if you know she sees anybody down there anything you you see the flickering form of ori lighting up the darkness in these random erratic splotches you see like a, a coil of the stairs and like a upside down shelf filled with potions that are also upside down, but not falling off the shelves. When one area, when another area, you see like a door that leads deeper into the earth, almost like to a different part of the tower that's like not open, but it's barred with steel. See another flash of what appears to be like, um, a uh, balcony level that has like an empty test table and tons of papers on it that's upside down and the papers aren't falling down <laughs> all the way down as Ori continues to blink. Ori hasn't reached the bottom yet. It's quite a far ways down, at least 
at least 200 feet. What about you, Aurora? As Cersei is like, I was gonna try. I was gonna try and rope trick, but uh, two hundred feet. I don't think I can do that. You could. You could try to drop and then do rope trick right before you hit the bottom and then grab onto okay. it. Okay. No, <laughs> that's just my random I mean, idea. I mean, you and I. I can. We can do that. And you can go through the same hole if you want, Cersei. This point, I'll take it. All right. It's gonna work. We should hold hands together and then I guess drop. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not too keen on just dropping down a hole voluntarily, but okay. As we're doing that, I'm still saying, you're still saying kill, consume, eat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, panic on Cersei's face, but also in the hole, just giving up because it's not like she has 200 feet of rope. Okay. we're gonna try it and then we're going to just prepare hopefully like if we see it uh like the ground approaching we got a misty step and everything okay hopefully so okay yeah we're gonna that's good that's a really good spell to have here okay wonderful uh the two of you also drop through the hole and you just free fall you tumble straight down straight down rio you're the first to reach the bottom the roof of this inverted tower is a dome it's like a, a awning that sort of just has like a smooth spherical roundness to it, which means the floor that you're about to tumble onto is almost like a bowl in the ground, right? Sort of just on either end, uh, almost like a skateboarding uh, rink. You land perfectly uh, on this sort of like smooth kind of ground, but I do need you to make an acrobatics check to see if you like tumble downward because the slope is pretty steep or if you can like hold your ground along the edge of the slope. Ooh, that is a seven. Ooh, okay, yeah. Uh, Riho, I think as Aura finally does the final disappearance and you switch places uh, with them and you do, like you land on the ground, uh, you lose your footing a bit. You weren't prepared for how steep it was. It looked less steep than it is from like afar. It's almost at like a 45 degree angle slope, right? That just sort of curves into the bottom of the pit and you tumble. You tumble down. You're gonna take some bludgeoning damage. Not as much as you would have if you fell straight 200 feet and just smacked onto this mat. Uh, but you're going to take a little bit. Uh, it's only going to be... Oh, that's not so bad. It's only going to be 14 points of bludgeoning damage as you sort of tumble head over tail with a seven. And you sort of like roll to an ungraceful stop at like the very bottom of the bowl. The very cradle of it. Saj. Yeah. You're a skittering little insect. I think you're the next one to reach the bottom. Because you do have the ability to sort of like climb along the wall, you don't hit the ground or anything like that. Uh, and you're able to sort of like skitter your way down the edges of this smooth bowl like ceiling slash floor if you want to and join Aura slash Riho. Okay, I'll do that. Wonderful. And the last to arrival, of course, be our lovely ladies here who definitely have no problems with each other. Uh, so, Aurora. As you free fall with Cersei's hand interlocked with your own, those voices rise to the top again, but their mantra is replaced with Dropper, let her flatten, dropper, release her, kill her. Um, I look and she hears, like, as, as that's being said, I say it out loud, drop her, kill her, let her flatten, and then I say, you hear Aurora say, hold, hold my hand tighter, but I'll say, I'll say it. Seriously, it's terrifying to be free falling, your hand clutched in the hand of the person supposed to save you. And Aurora 
is saying with one side of her mouth, drop her, kill her, let her flatten. But the other side of her mouth tells you to squeeze tighter. And as you look at her, it's like, it's like you can see two dueling parts of Aurora. The part that is the darkness, the part that is the voices, and the part that seems to be trying to fight it. What do you do? Oh shit, we just go hold on. <laughs> okay. And Aurora, you cast rope trick, right? Like 30 feet above the ground or something. Yeah. And the, the rope falls out of like a little extra dimensional hole that carves itself into existence in the middle of space. And a rope winds down. You grab onto it and sort of skid to a stop. Uh, and just to see how successful you are without getting like rope burn or like dropping Cersei or accidentally like slash, like slapping onto the ground. Uh, just make me like an acrobatics check. Okay. Let's see. 14. That's sufficient, but you're going to take a little bit of damage um, from a combined rope burn and also like stumbling onto the ground a little bit. Um, because maybe like with a 14, you cast the rope trick a little early. So there's a little bit of a drop at the bottom, like to okay. hit the ground. So you are going to take six points of bludgeoning damage and four points of fire damage on your hands from the burn. Okay. Together, Aurora, you and Cersei tumble onto the ground and roll to a stop, I think, next to Saj, next to Rio. And the four of you, this place is completely dark. All right, this is pure darkness. Do any of you have dark vision? I think I do. Do not. I think I want to say I do. I think I do. Okay, Aurora does. I do, right? I do you. I don't, but I, as a scorpion, I have blind sight, so. <laughs> as a scorpion, all right. You're right, you're still a bug. <laughs> uh, Aurora, either way, even if you do have dark vision, this is, this is magical darkness. It's not regular darkness. Okay. Even if you had it, you wouldn't be able to see okay. anything. You can just sort of like sense that your friends are there uh, because of their sound okay. uh, and because of the light that Ori sort of like casts in like these little tiny little bursts. Uh, but now it's sort of like Riho at the bottom. There's no source of light. You're in complete darkness. It's just the four of you. And as you're ensconced okay. in this blanket of tenebrous shadow, all of you hear a voice. Hey, hello? Is, is someone there? Hello? Hello? Are you... are you there to save me? Who are you? I'm... I'm Olu. Olu Jing. I was playing here with my friends and then... and then something really bad happened, I think. We are actually... We, we're actually looking for you. Oh! Okay, I, I can't see anything. Can you come closer to my voice? Oh, uh, no. Because I can't see anything either. Do the rest of you chime in? Um, so I'm still a scorpion, right? You are still a scorpion, that's true. Can I... <laughs> I don't understand okay. how um, the auditory organs of scorpions. Um, so, but would this register with me? The conversation. It would. It would. I'll let you be able to hear this. And with your blind sense, how far does that extend? Not very far. Only ten feet. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I don't know if you can tell if it's like a child or something else, right? Because you're not close enough to the source. Can I start to sneak up? Yeah. Roll stealth with that plus ten. Okay. Does your spell still hold even if you wild? Yeah, yeah I'll let it, it does. It does. Uh, yeah, it's, it's fine. And I rolled a five. That's 15. With the plus but 10? I didn't add my modifier. Um, no, but it would... I don't know what it would be. We'll just say it's a 15. Okay. You start to skitter toward the voice as Aurora talks with... Oh, question mark? I, I'm scared. I'm all alone down here, and I don't know where my friends are, so... If you're here to help me, can you come closer, please? Nobody move. It's happening again. It's just like 20 years ago. I'm so scared. And you all almost fell for the same trick twice. <sighs> then what do you suggest, Shug? 
We move forward and kill it. You could be killing a child. I'm all for it. Sarge is moving. Sarge at this point is like skittering okay. forward. Okay, yeah. Yep. You are skittering forward. You move closer and closer and closer, Sarge, until you get within 10 feet of the source of the voice, which is very, very close. And your blind sense kicks in. And the entity, the man, speaking with Olu's voice is much, much, much bigger than Olu. You feel his presence in your blind sense radiating, hanging heavy upon it like a bowling ball on a net. He's right there in front of you, this thing. And as soon as you realize that in scorpion form, uh, the rest of you see the only two pinpricks of light in the entire dark expanse of this shadow click into existence. Those two marble-sized little crescent shapes, those eyes, four feet high, six feet high, 10 feet high, 12 feet high, and curling out of the darkness directly above you, Saj, are two long, pale hands. And I need each of you to make a charisma save. What's up, it's Elias. Just wanted to say thank you for checking us out. If you enjoyed our shenanigans in the Everrealm, please consider sponsoring us via listener support on Anchor and helping us make this show bigger and better. If the commitment is in your jam, you can make a donation via the Ko-Fi link in the show description. Conversely, if you aren't able to do that, bills, etc., trust me, I get it. You can show love by leaving a rating, a review, or just sharing the show. Again, thanks for listening. Peace.